Good afternoon and welcome to this week's uh, close season Herald Express Yellow Army How Devon do you do Live that every podcast. Week, I always get them in different order. Well done. We've got them in a slightly different <laughs> order, but all the uh, all the important announcements were there. Just the two of us here today. Richard's working out of the office this morning, so it's just Guy and David. And yeah. there's, uh, as ever in these close season podcasts, there's a lot to talk about, well, isn't there? Uh, it's gone up and down a, lot, a little bit in the last few weeks, but now that we're into June. Uh, um, uh, things start business to has to happen it does it, it does you, you've had this funny funny this month of May yeah uh, where players were had, a, had basically 28 days to consider all their offers and all their options uh, that has now expired not only at United but at every yeah. other club and you're starting to see uh, an awful lot of moving and shaking going on There's, there are still and things still to be put in place there aren't oh, there plenty we're, we're, plenty we're, of those but um, it, it, it as well. I, I can understand, you know, the people at United being a little bit frustrated because they announced an early bird season ticket price, yeah. hoping that lots and lots of people will buy tickets. And I think, from what I understand, the response has been pretty good. But without the kind of signings that get people, oh, you know, yeah. that'll do. Um, uh, and obviously, that's starting to change now, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But. Um, it's not a surprise that all of a sudden there's an extension to the early bird yeah. offer. I do have to stress it's it's uh, it's more like a, a slightly later bird uh, than an <laughs> early bird, but and the price has been nudged up and quite right too because uh, you, you can't can hardly well yeah, no, no, not only that but you yeah. can't sell this idea to supporters who put their good money up right at the start before the deadline yeah. and then just say to everybody oh well no that deadline's gone. So to be fair to the people who have already paid their money for the early bird price, the price has gone up slightly. It's, it's in between the early bird price and the, and the price that will people will eventually pay after afterwards. But that's been extended for I think it's about ten days. And I did uh, did bump into one of our uh, season ticket holding friends uh, in the supermarket the other evening when we were out doing the groceries, and they've bought their season tickets already. Good. So uh, so we know it's quite a lot of people I know have done it. Yeah. And, and uh, in anticipation of you know better much yeah. better hopefully next season uh, and I think now that the signings are starting to come yeah uh, uh, hopefully a few more will come on board I mean United sold I think it was around a thousand last year at the uh, at the at the sort of amazing two hundred pound price a garage sale price wasn't right. it? but um, uh, a lot of people enjoyed a, a season with those yeah um, uh, now it's a little it's more this year I think it's 250 on the pop side mm-hmm. for an adult and 275 in um, in Bristow's, uh, in Bristow's yeah. bench, um, uh, and I, my information is roughly between six and seven hundred so far, which I don't think is that bad, especially bad. if they go and pick up another hundred or so yeah. in the next ten days. And you as, know, you, that, that's as you a say, decent the, level. the signings will make that happen. And let, let's get on to the the first confirmed sure. new signing. Yes, and we especially new because obviously yeah. Luke Young, Rory Keating, and Sean McGinty had already mm-hmm. um, uh, re-signed, as it were. But now we're getting into people coming in from new faces. And we've added a fairly combative midfielder in Jake Gosling. Yeah, um, do you know he, he's one of those players that you feel you ought to have seen hundreds of times because he's played for. A, Exeter City and Bristol Rovers for the yeah. last few years, uh, and I've only ever seen him play once, and I'm trying to work out why I've, why I've managed to. That miss would have him. been the Boxing Day Bristol Rovers yeah. game. We found um, a picture, didn't we? Yeah, to illustrate the uh, story yesterday. And, um, what was that kit about, by the way, Bristol <laughs> Rovers? That's a terrible, terrible kit. But uh, that's a story for another day. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, he, he's 
didn't play much for Rovers last season, if at all, actually. I don't think he no. played in League One. Um, went out on loan to Cambridge and uh, somebody else I've forgotten. Yeah. Um, beg your pardon. Um, and uh, he, he's now been released, um, to only 23 years old. Um, yeah. His family moved down to Cornwall when he was a youngster and he grew up in Newquay and uh, joined Plymouth Argyle's mm-hmm. academy not the, the, the senior academy, uh, got released there, Exeter snapped him up, and he, his career looked he, as if it was he going quite in. quite a lot of games for Absolutely. Exeter, didn't no, he? Yeah. You know, he, he did well there, um, and eventually got a move to Bristol Rovers, decent club, uh, yeah. and he's helped them to two promotions from the conference up into League Two and then League Two into League One. But uh, according to Kevin Nicholson, his career has... Reached a plateau, Flatten, says, yes, didn't they? Which reached is a plateau, sort of yeah. flattened out a bit, and these sort of things can happen. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, you know, I know they've United have done their homework, uh, and uh, it'll be very interesting to yeah. see how he prospers. I liked, at I liked the line level. from Kevin yesterday that if we get the best out of him, he'll be in a good place and we'll be in a good place. That was, yeah, you know, I mean, let's that's, face that's it, the key, isn't it? Take yeah. a player whose career maybe has gone a little bit flat, a little bit stale. And, and get them the enthusiasm and get them playing again. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if, if uh, Jake Goslin or any of the other new faces coming in was about to play for England, they, we wouldn't have them, would we? So, so uh, you know, the important thing is that the talent is in there. Yeah, and again, and, as you and said, it, as we were it just saying, needs re, relaunching yeah. in a way. As we were saying about Sean McGinty last week, you know, it seems like he's been playing for quite a while, but he's only 23. Quite. So there's a um, lot of football left in yeah. him, isn't there? And as well, I, I know you know Kevin Nicholson is is very very strong on 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 this the culture and the ethos and how they do things behind the scenes and in training, um, and uh, he he's very keen that players buy into this, yeah. and and uh, he firmly believes that one of the reasons why United eventually stayed up last season was because uh, you know the squad eventually. Uh, certainly, the vast yeah. majority of them hunkered down and and you know fought their way out, yeah. and and that if they didn't, have, if that spirit and that culture and that ethos wasn't there, you wouldn't have seen yeah. that happen. And and um, funnily enough, that the, the 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 day that I look back on it, just towards the end of the season, and we won't we will move on, which when United went to Lincoln yeah. at Easter, um, uh, that was a huge test. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think everybody. I think United were about nine to one against that day, weren't they, or something oh, yeah, ridiculous? Yeah. And everybody expected them to get yeah. a right hammering. Uh, Lincoln crowd over nine thousand, tremendous atmosphere, yeah. and you know United were in the bottom th- bottom four, and they fought like yeah. dogs that day, and didn't deserve to lose. Did lose two one in desperate circumstances yeah. at the end, and they still had enough in them to fight back. And beat Braintree on the yeah. Monday, beat Dover away, and then beat North Ferriby. So that's the kind of spirit and yeah. and and uh, get stuck in this that Nicholson is very very determined to recreate next season. And it also came, I think we mentioned it on this podcast, when Torquay were down to the point where they couldn't fill the bench. Yeah, and there was that feeling that I know you said came across at the training ground that these are the players. This is the squad now. Yeah, there's no. Extra. There's no. nothing on top of that. These no. are the players who are going to have to fight our way out of this. Yes, and and it was Pardon obviously, of course, it was it, terrible. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that, that's what. And of course, it was in it. the wake of 
the failure to make any signings just yeah. before the final deadline. Uh, uh, and <laughs> it's all very well in hindsight, isn't it, to say, oh, well, it worked out all right in the end, didn't it? But I know Nicholson at that point pulled all the players together and yeah. said, look, this is us now. You know, the, yeah. you know the, there ain't going to be any help coming in from outside. We either stand here and fight or we go under. Yeah. And, of course, you know, happily, um, they did the former. Well. Uh, but, but, yeah, Gosling is, is, by all accounts, in that mould. Yeah. Nicholson, I know, has, has, has done an awful lot of homework on him, uh, as I've no doubt he's trying to do on quite a few of the players he's yeah. got lined up. One of which is Josh Gowling. Josh Gowling. Uh, um, as far as I know, he will be uh, um, on board pretty soon. Mm -hmm. uh, he's certainly been down Good. and yeah. looking around. Uh, he's the kind of lad I've seen him play a few times Good over player, the years. Yeah, we've seen him at Grimsby, well, big strong we? yeah. lad, yeah. six three, six yeah. four, centre half. Um, obviously, he and Nicholson played together at, at Kidderminster for yeah. a while. Um, uh, you know. <laughs> Lower division teams, conference teams, you have to have two strong centre-backs. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and I think if you look at the possibility of Josh Gowling, 33 years old, 400-and-something games under his belt, still very fit, yeah. played 20-odd games for, for Grimsby in League Two last season, maybe a bit more than that, um, has won promotion out of this division. Yeah. Um, you'd look at him and McGinty and say, well... Somebody's going to have to be pretty decent to get to get past yeah. those two, and good United sides in the past, and we can all look back on them. You know, have often had two big strong yeah. lads down the middle there, um, and uh, Gowling is strong character as well. Here yeah. we go, leadership, etc., etc., etc. He's also studying for psychology degree, which uh, um, uh, could, could uh, <laughs> open up some interesting possibilities in the dressing think, room. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, by all accounts, he's on his way. He 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 was down a week or two ago and having a good look round. Yeah. Um, and that uh, at the back, at least now you've got, or you will have two centre backs nailed on. I think. Yeah. Um, you've still got two full backs to fill. Yeah. Any news um, of uh, Jared Hodgkiss we were talking about last not, week? Not as far as I know. No. Um, I know that Miles Anderson is still yeah. um, uh, on the end of a phone. <laughs> um, he, he loved it down here yeah. towards the end of last season, and I think we all thought he got, he got better. better. He got better and better. I Playing think. right yeah. side centre half, yeah. even though he's a left footer. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't rule a return for him out. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he, as I say, he really enjoyed it down here, so did his family. Um, uh, uh, who, who loved coming down here yeah. and were very supportive of the team home and away. Um, now, could Anderson play at left back? Well, he's a proper left-footed defender. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you'd think there's a, there's a possibility of there. I know he sees himself as a centre back. Yeah. But in any event, we're probably going to need two, three centre backs anyway. Well, aren't we are we? because, as um, we said the, the other day, you're always going to get a centre back uh, injured. Hopefully not, but uh, suspended. That happens to centre backs, doesn't it? <laughs> Sometimes you're a bit worried if it doesn't happen. Yes, to them, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. So you're going to um, need another one. In that's there. right. So um, that's starting to starting to come together at the back. Yeah. Goalkeeper um, position ah, is, has to be a priority. Very interesting. Yeah. Very very interesting. Now I don't think that Brendan Moore is looking to get away. Mm -hmm. He's not kind of like, oh, I've had it, I've had it here, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But he has had interest from uh, other clubs. Um, including one I understand in League One. Yeah. Now, 
I think everybody's singing from the same song sheet here. Kevin Nicholson's attitude is, look, if you end up going to a League Two or League One club to be first choice there, you go with our blessing and fine. Good luck to you. Absolutely. But yeah. to move anywhere, especially in League Two, and even more, probably just the same in League One, and to sit on a subs bench for the next 18 yeah. months, where on earth does that get Brendan Moore's career? No it's way. not going to help him, is it? No, right. exactly. He he's been through that at Fleetwood before mm -hmm. he, before he came here, uh, and I think and and Brendan Moore agrees with that as well. And I think, you know, strictly speaking, I think his contract offer was due to expire last weekend. Uh, I think Kevin's given him a a, yeah. a few more days to just to try and thrash it out. He because he is in Atlanta, in Georgia, yeah. back home in America. Um, but in the meantime, you know, any manager worth his salt is has got to start. Yeah, making contingency plans. This is intriguing because I know where we're going with this because there's a story in the Herald Express today. Well, uh, it's sometimes the timing of these things is quite, yeah. you know, uh, educational, isn't it? Informative—that's a better word. Um, and in the week that that Brendan Moore is future is still, uh, you know, uh, in the balance, Exeter release Bobby Olesnik, mm -hmm. uh, a goalkeeper who many United fans think was. You know the best we've seen here for he, many, many, he was, many years yeah, yeah. Uh, during 2011-12 under Martin Ling. Uh, um, Thirty years old now. Five years since he played here. That's his, yeah. that is worrying. Isn't Surprising, it? isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but he uh, he went for a decent fee, didn't he? Oh, tell me, yeah. yes. And yeah. I think you know we all felt when he, when Bobby Olesnik left at the end of that season, you know, <laughs> championship at least. Yeah. That's where he was going. He he was that good, wasn't he? At times, I mean. I remember that we had a spell in mid-season when United we were chasing Swindon for the title. Mm -hmm. Eventually, of course, missed out and lost in the playoffs. But and, the, and they had they had a whole series. I think it was about six or seven clean sheets, or maybe one goal conceded. Yeah. And I can remember we played at Burton one day, uh, and uh, uh, he was phenomenal at Burton that, yeah. that afternoon. I think United won four-one, something like that. And uh, the, the Burton goal was a decent one, and. But at that stage of the game, I, th I seem to remember a Lesnick, uh, we conceded a penalty, United mm. conceded a penalty. And Lee Mansell went up to Bobby Lesnick and had a, had a word with him. Lesnick was getting ready to, to, to defend the penalty. And whatever Lee Mansell said, it, it, uh, Bobby Lesnick, sort of his huge grin appeared across his face, and I could see it clearly, and a little chuckle and a laugh. And Mansell walked back past the, the penalty taker, whose name I've forgotten now, yeah. uh, and effectively said, you've got about as much chance of scoring here as a, or whatever. <laughs> Bobby Lesnick just stood there with this huge grin all over his face. And duly, uh, uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the, the Burton Ford made a, a complete <laughs> cock up of the, of, of the penalty. And go. Bobby Lesnick was. And you had those days sometimes when you just looked at him and thought, well, how on earth are they going to beat him? Yeah. His positioning, it, I always remember his positioning was fantastic. Absolutely, Absolutely yeah. superb for that. He, he, cutting down the angles. Correct. And, he, he, and he loved the physical side of the game. Yeah, um, I, I remember quite early in that season, somebody uh, we played somebody at Playmore. It was my recollection; it was a night match, uh, and they had a big centre forward, and they hung a cross up over Bobby Olesnik to test him out. And this centre forward, Julie, came in and gave yeah. him a, gave him a good bash, and Bobby Olesnik stood up and laughed all over his face. 
and almost asked for them to stick another cross over him. Yeah. And I, ch- I chatted to him afterwards and, and sort of said, you know, you didn't seem at all phased by, by that. And he said, no, no, no. He said, I was looking for the next chance to stick one on him. Uh, to virtually say, yeah. look, are you going to come all night? Because I am. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like that, wasn't he? Yeah. He, 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 he was a great shot stopper. His distribution was good. He just had an air of authority yeah. about him that, that, that was tremendously reassuring. Opened his mouth as well, a leader. W- tremendous trainer. I used to pop out to Seal Hayne first thing in the morning because I just used to live around the corner. Yeah. He was always first in. Yeah. Uh, and he lived in Newton Abbott, so he could specifically be closer to the Seal Hayne training ground rather than living in Torquay. That's yeah. the kind of thinking. Uh, and he was very determined that he wanted to get on and move up, and he did. So uh, one, one way or another, the goalkeeper position is beginning to gel. Well, the interesting thing was that Exeter release him, yeah. uh, technically, because they've got two young keepers, James Hammond and Christy Pym there, and Paul Tisdale immediately comes out and says, well, although we're releasing him, uh, we would still like, quite like to find a way of keeping him. We don't really want to lose yeah. Bobby Olegenic. And, and, and it was the timing of that and the remark. Um, funnily enough, Kevin Nicholson in his retained list, had five players on a list in which he said, yeah. well, we'd be more than happy if you know any one of these m- might come back. I mean, that's not going to happen now, but, but um, not in most cases anyway. Um, but uh, uh, I, wonder, I wonder whether there's a possibility that if Moore goes, and, and it's an if, yeah. Brendan Moore yeah. goes, uh, whether, uh, um, I mean, obviously in the end it will all come down to what, Bobby Olesnik wants to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, if Bobby Olesnik uh, at 30 years old and only, and we say only five years after he left, mm. to go to Peterborough for 300,000 quid, uh, obviously his career hasn't quite gone on since then, as, as everybody hoped and thought it yeah. would do. Um, but he's, you know, he's had a decent career, uh, even at this age. And at 30, yeah. I can't believe that he's over the top at 30. No, he, goalkeepers don't tend to be, do no, they? No, no. They and, tend and, to go on a bit longer. Um, but whether he would be prepared to look at, a, at some sort of uh, a way of returning here on a, yeah. either a temporary or permanent basis, we'll, we'll see. But that's a bridge that uh, um, hasn't been no. crossed yet. Interesting but, uh, possibilities. Well, there. yeah. I mean, you know, he, he'd be a hugely popular... Yeah. Uh, um, returnee, wouldn't he, if, uh, if if he did come back? But you know, f- fingers crossed. Let's see what yeah. happens with Brendan Moore first. And also looking at those players who who were thinking over whether they wanted to remain at Plainmore. What news of Courtney Richards? Uh, uh, none that I know of. Um, uh, uh, he's he's been uh, talking, so we understand to uh, to other clubs. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and. Probably by the time people listen to this, the, the, there might well have been some development on that because I think Kevin Nicholson is definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look now already. You've got Luke Young, Damon Lathrop, Jake Gosling, Sam Cheney, uh, all in midfield. Yeah. Oh, I, I know the scope for uh, certainly at least one right-sided player, maybe a right winger. Um, Dan Sparks has gone, obviously, yeah. so that's an out and out. Although Gosling can play on the left-hand mm-hmm. side. Uh, so that midfield roster is starting to fill up. It is. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, uh, I, you know, Courtney Richards, great servant to the club, very committed, yeah. captain, um, has uh, enjoyed his time here so far uh, uh, greatly. Three years, um, you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. fre- maybe fresh start time for him, but we'll see. He, he nearly left last summer. 
uh, and, yes, ended, did, and ended yeah. up coming yeah. back yeah. And, and you know ended up captain as well and, and good luck to him so we'll see what, what happens with him mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know as soon as again it's this balance of May into June isn't it all of a sudden now managers like Kevin Nicholson are starting to go okay I'm looking in new directions yeah, here things start to firm up exactly you're yeah. through May you're looking back at the players you've got and the ones you'd like to keep yeah. into June you're starting to look forward and elsewhere Okay. A interesting story as well in the in the paper this week. Ryan Bowman's been in town. Yeah. That picture, by the way, that we've got of him. Obviously, you can't see it because this is a podcast. But that picture just looks out of the nineteen fifties. He's got one of those bin men haircuts. <laughs> yeah. And he's holding that old the, the old, old boot, boot the, the, there the, as well. The, after scoring what nineteen goals for United yeah. in that in that season here, um, uh, uh, he he popped back yeah. uh, uh, recently. He's still at Motherwell, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. He went to Gateshead, I think, for about 10,000 quid, something mm-hmm. like that. Had a good season there. Motherwell bought him. And he's been in and out of Motherwell's SPL yeah. team, playing in front of 50,000 at Celtic and yeah. nearly as many at uh, he's done well, hasn't at he? Rangers. Yeah. Good luck to him. But um, uh, he's just had a little baby boy uh, to go with the daughter he, he, he always had when he was down yeah. here with us. Um I think uh, there are some family connections there, um, and he popped back recently, and I know he met up with Kevin Nicholson, and yeah. um, uh, they had a chat, and I, the impression I, I got, that funny as it might sound, that a move from the Scottish Premier League back down to the conference, I, I, I think it was... I don't think it was a complete impossibility, no. put it like that, but he's got another year left on his contract at Motherwell. They have a new manager in, um, still going to uh, take his chance up there. Absolutely, yeah. and, I, and I think he, he feels that the new manager uh, um, fancies, a, fancies him a little bit more yeah. than Mark McGee, the old manager. Um, and I think you know the, the, the decision in the end has been, oh, come on, I'll stay up here and see if I can yeah. uh, hold a place down. Interestingly, there's quite a few uh, Scottish clubs, including Premier League clubs, that have, have, have dipped into the conference. Yeah. For quite a lot of their signings. Now, what that tells you about <laughs> tells us about the Scottish Premier League, or not, I don't know. But uh, I was it, interested to see that Alex Fisher was um, Inverness Cali's top scorer yeah. last season. I hadn't realised. I knew he was seven, there, but seven, I hadn't seven or eight that. goals, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, they got relegated yeah. in the end. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but he's just moved from Inverness yeah. to Motherwell. Yeah. Uh, um, Louis Malt, who, who um, yeah. played against United several times for Wrexham. Um, uh, is up there Elliot Freer who quite a few goals fans will remember Good from player. his time at Exeter yeah. and then Forrest Green he's playing up there and yeah. getting in um, so uh, you know that's a level that people that players yeah. can prosper at um, and anyway the, the long and the short of it is that uh, Brian Bowman I think it looks as if he's decided yeah. to give Motherwell another year and you can't blame him for that can you, you? Can't. which of course means that still uh, Alongside Rory Keating, United need to sign need well at yeah. least at least yeah. one and probably two strikers. In fact, at least two more strikers. Uh, my impression is uh, I was given to understand that Nichol- Nicholson was showing another, yeah, uh, a reasonably experienced um, a lower division striker around recently. Uh, and this is what you've got to do, haven't you? You you you've got to get them down here. You know, this is a this is yeah. a, a a long way in football terms. Um, most of the rest of football seems to think that the country, you know, starts to run out of energy. Yeah, uh, bring, bring, him, bring him down last weekend. Yeah, we have the red arrows every weekend. Yeah. If you come and, down here, it'll be like this and, every weekend. Um, uh, uh, 
you know, but you get them down and yeah. you sell the place to them. And uh, unfortunately, the weather's just cracked this week, isn't it? Bit, but there yeah. you go. Um, uh, and and once they get down here, they look around, they can see what's mm. on offer here. They look at the stadium. Um, um, Chris Ralph, the groundsman, has been working so hard at Plainmore recently that he probably hasn't been doing a lot of tidying up at Seal Hain Training Ground, right. but you can still take them out there. Well, we're um, going to come on to that as well because the um, the pitch needs to be ready. Looking at the roster of friendly matches, which we'll run through in some detail with you in a moment, in case you want to jot them down. But the first home friendly is on July the twelfth. Yeah, uh, against Bristol City. Against Bristol City. Um, so it's not long, is it? No, it isn't. Especially considering that anybody who wants to put their head in the door of Playmore at the moment won't see any green on the pitch. Um, right. So it's it's undergone a complete makeover. We had a story about that a couple of weeks ago in the Herald, and yeah. it's now been sort of more or less completed. Um, uh, my initial thought was that that well, we had one of the best pitches in the division anyway yes, last towards season. Towards the end of the season, it looked terrific. It, it did. really did. But uh, uh, Chris Ralph is a very expert guy in these yeah. things. He used to work at um, the old Heel Park Golf Course. Knows his grass. Yeah. Um, and he 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 has been well aware that there were there were underlying problems building up uh, underneath the pitch. Yeah. Uh, and he said, "No, we've got to rip the top of this off. It's full of weed, moss, everything else. It will gradually clog up the drainage. Yeah. You won't uh, um, have the, the, the drainage the in the lower field. <laughs> the, the, you won't have. You know, it, it will hold water yeah. more and more and more." And they've done a thing called phrase mowing, which basically means that you you, you literally cut the top yeah. uh, of the pitch off. It, it, it rips out all of that stuff. Um, you vertidrain it. You then put a, a, a complete new layer of sandy sandy soil. I'm no expert yeah. in these things, but you reseed it, and away you go. Yeah. Uh, and he seems pretty confident that with a normal growing summer, good uh, United will have a an even bit better pitch next season. Um, now Chris is a, you know, thoroughly good groundsman. Yeah. He's been nominated. Uh, uh, we don't know what, quite what the outcome of that is for the one of the he was one of the nominees for the National League Groundsman yeah. of the Year this year, and quite right too because Playmore we, we all thought was terrific. Well, it was one that, uh, apart from Aldershot, which obviously is kept in laboratory conditions because Chelsea reserves play on it. Quite. Um, I can't think of a pitch better. Than no, I can't. Um, if we have a look back, there were plenty that were pretty awful. Yeah. But but you know that may not be anybody's fault particularly. And Chris Ralph in, is is very quick to point out that in contrast to the previous season, it was a pretty good winter weather-wise. Yeah. In other words, we didn't have the sort of monsoons that uh, normally uh, muck up a groundsman's mm. life. But um, no, uh, uh, the some money has been found uh, to yeah. tackle that work. Uh, and you know, good good luck to United. If 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 uh, if they produce a pitch uh, uh, even better than last season's, mm. then um, there'll be no excuses on on that front. So the, the friendlies, there are eight games now in the. I was surprised at that many. I must say, yeah. Uh, um, uh, Kevin Nicholson has got them back on. I think it's Wednesday the twenty eighth, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, that's five and a half weeks, I think. Before the the opening league, the games game. come thick and fast. Don't they, they do. I, I mean, yeah. w w you should own up here, really, shouldn't you? I'm not a great fan of preseason games. No. It's um, it's not quite. Uh, I was a, always remember whoever it was up at Celtic one that they were playing a preseason friendly, and somebody asked, I forget who it was now. It wasn't Gordon Strachan, but it, it was much further ago, uh, for, for a lot longer ago than that. But uh, 
one of the Celtic players turned around and was asked about Preston and he said Celtic dinner D friendlies <laughs> uh, and, and uh, in other words how do you how do you play a friendly game of football it, yeah. it's very it's very seldom tells you very much there was but a line in in a likely lads episode as well where they said there's no such thing as a friendly against no, Celtic no <laughs> no and, and it's all apocryphal stuff isn't it but um uh, it means it's going to be quite a long pre-season, yeah. um, uh, and and it opens on what July the fourth. July I the fourth. So if you've got um, a pen and paper handy, let's just quickly run through these, and and we'll tell you what's uh, what's coming up. So the uh, the warm up campaign begins against Newton Spurs at the Rec on Tuesday, July the fourth. I'd, I'd be surprised if that was a. I would think that would be a mix and match team. Yeah, and and quite right too. By the way, before we move on, uh, trialists. I'm sure yeah. Nicholson will have quite a clutch of trialists in and by that I don't necessarily mean 18 19 year olds I think there'll be quite a few yeah. pros who are still looking for a club haven't quite nailed it down yet uh, and let's face it pre-season is just that's the kind of that game kind of isn't stuff. it so and and the game that follows four days later uh, Torquay are at Stoke Gabriel on a Saturday on July the 8th three yeah. o'clock kickoff that'll be another game where you'll see all kinds of a trialist, yeah. Um, uh, yes, people like you and me go along and try and yeah. recognise them instantly, Absolutely and then spend no the rest of our time running around asking who who, who, who is he. This? I'm sure I know him. You know. <laughs> then we move on. Uh, July the twelfth, home to Bristol City, seven thirty p.m. Two days later, July the fourteenth, away at Tiverton Town. Well, no pre-season would be complete without Have a trip to, to, to uh, Ladies Mead. That's it. July the eighteenth, home to Argyle. Yep. That's a seven thirty kickoff. Yep. July the 22nd away at Weymouth that's a 3 o'clock decent game July the 25th away at Plymouth Parkway that's a 7.45 and then we finish on July the 28th um, home to Truro yeah which is a Friday night the, yeah. the Friday night of the weekend before the opening league match of the, which is August the 5th that's a lot um, of games he obviously wants to get the team playing together to get yeah. match 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 I th and I think one of the other sort of things that's worth pointing out is that United last year finished off their pre-season with a home game against West Bromwich Albion on a Monday night. Yeah. Uh, and United, as we all know, 1-2-1 with Robert Huth well, I think uh, uh, at centre-half. Yeah. Well, we, 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 we have <laughs> talked about him, haven't we, in the past. But United finished their pre-season on that sort of high. Yeah. Nicholson, no way. We are not going down that road. He wants to finish with muck and nettles games yeah. that get United into the conference frame of mind as we all know now in the wake of the West Brom win they went to Macclesfield never turned up and got turned over 2-0 yeah. uh, that won't happen against Truro it gives United eight days from that Truro away game Conference South uh, Lee Hodges and Chris mm. Todd the management team very well known to everybody yeah. here they'll give uh, Torquay a proper game and they'll give they? Torquay a they'll proper, a proper game. set to yeah N no kind of dinky no. you know you have it we have it you have it we have it stuff uh, um, uh, and uh, I'm sure Nicholson has designed the, yeah. the, the pre-season with very much that in mind in other words Bristol City Plymouth Argyle particularly Bristol City they, they are early yeah. in a way and and the last third of it, then, it? Are, are, yeah, are, yeah that's, that's right and I, I'm sure he's right to do it yes indeed so those are the fixtures that you can look forward to. Now we were uh, we were chatting just before we started the podcast about the example being set by a club that's newly coming into. Well, uh, I think at this time of year everybody starts looking because the fixtures, which I understand, do, uh, do you um, on July the fifth. Yeah, that's early. Are, are, isn't out, it? are out on July the fifth. Yes. Last year we 
Everybody was hanging around. For those, That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, the message I had from the conference this week: all being well, the yeah. fixtures will be released on July the fifth, which I think is a Wednesday. Uh, and that's when people start looking down and saying, yeah. you know, now who's in this division and who have we got and who's gone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's obviously the, the National League AGM happens this weekend at Celtic Manor at Newport, uh, and we've already on the podcast sort of been through this whole sixteen yeah, playoff places. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, unless the finances are horrendously screwed wrong. Uh, the clubs will go for that yeah. uh, but you have got this slight still uncertainty, I don't know anything's happened today on late Norian's yes. situation, they're supposed to be being taken over by a group of East End London businessmen from uh, this weird and wonderful Italian owner Bacchetti, uh, but that certainly hadn't happened yesterday um, which was beyond the deadline mm -hmm. uh, so uh, obviously they are, but I think most United supporters have probably got some working knowledge of Ebbsfleet. We wasn't long ago that we used no, to we right. were playing yeah. them. Uh, Maidenhead we haven't played, but you know, I think people have spotted how well they played in the Conference South. Uh, Alan Devonshire, the manager yeah. there. But I just wanted to sort of point them in the direction, uh, even though it's rather a long way away, of AFC filed in the in in the north. They yeah. they, they won the the National League North last year and convincingly so as well yeah, and it's quite distance, an interesting club yeah. they, 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 I, I spotted this week that, that they just signed a lad called Francis Angol from Kidderminster and that, that was one thing but secondly it was on a two and a half year contract so clearly yeah. they're a club that is on the up they, they, have, and a, they have a plan exactly yeah. uh, uh, and, but not only that th this is a club that's stuck right slap bang in between Blackpool and Preston on one side of the M6, yeah. uh, and you've then got Blackpool, Fleetwood, yeah. Southport and Morecambe aren't very far away, um, uh, and they, well, 2007, 10 years ago, they were in the West Lanx League, yeah. uh, uh, which is not even part-time, it's amateur, yeah. uh, and 10 years later they uh, are up into the Conference Premier, they've been through the North West Counties League, the North Premier League, the National League North, and now up into, in, into the Conference, and they have a rather uh, uh, interesting character, a, a, a guy called uh, Dave Haythornthwaite, who's the chairman yeah. and owner, a lifelong Blackpool fan. Uh, has tried to buy Blackpool twice, and the Oysters won't, the won't sell it won't to sell, them. Will they? Uh, yeah. He remembers travelling to Torquay with his dad uh, yeah. to, to support Blackpool on a Tuesday night uh, uh, in in the past. He's a multi-millionaire um, through a international animal feeds business, and uh, he took over the club a few years ago when they were still playing on a completely different ground. Yeah, uh, but he has driven uh, this um, uh, campaign which has eventually seen them move into a new stadium, and yeah. here we go, uh, Mill Farm, which is part of a, of a complex, um, which includes all sorts of things. There's a distribution depot there, supermarket, hotel, restaurant, services, uh, sports science, and all sorts of other pitches as well. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the stadium itself, which is called Mill Farm, holds 6,000, Football mm -hmm. League standard stadium. They've managed to get crowds up to two to two and a half thousand yeah. uh, um, in this last season uh, from a point of a few years ago 500 uh, so good luck to them but of course you know 
this is an example of a club which oh, it's kind of different a to place, isn't it? Different yeah. to Talk United. We must stress that because Talk United have a perfectly good ground yeah. uh, and all of the, the history that goes with it. Uh, but this is another example of a club that's, uh, uh, and of course, you know, filed didn't yeah. and haven't, um, uh, but uh, you know that has prospered or appeared to prosper by moving to a new yeah. uh, uh, complex, shall we say? Um, and I'm sure people, as the season goes on, when they start to see a bit more of filed and realise what mm. what what they're what they're doing, uh, eventually the council up there were reluctant to uh, get behind this scheme eventually they were brought on side yeah. and the thing has, has, has taken off interesting. Um, interesting see how they get on well, th that extra it level will. up that's right and 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 uh, I, I'm I'm not an expert on the whole financial setup there how much of the whole site that Haythornthwaite owns mm. and whether it's in fact his complex yeah. as opposed to and, and, and where the you know the the, the the financial uh, revenue streams flow. We're yeah. not quite sure about that, but um, it's an interesting project. It is, and on the back of it, filed are yeah. doing very nicely. Thank you. Uh, Away to uh, them on the first day of the season. Oh then. well, we're, we're, uh, well, you've got to go there sooner or later, yeah. haven't you? Uh, um, I must say, I, I the filed coast in August. The filed coast nice. in August, because a lot of people say, where is filed? And and if you look on a map, it's it's not yeah. immediately apparent where filed is. In, fa in fact, it's more of a district than a place. It's Lytham Sedan. It is kind of way, isn't it? Lytham yeah. Sedan, south of Blackpool. Yeah. Uh, and you turn off the M55, you go up the M6, M55 towards Blackpool, and you've got a little roundabout there, and you turn off, and the ground's just down there on the, the right-hand side. So it's it's in an accessible place. All of that kind of stuff has been factored yeah. in, uh, and good luck to them this season as long yeah. as um, they don't prosper against no. Torquay United. Exactly. Dave Challoner, by the way, is the manager, yeah. and uh, did very well at Colwyn Bay for a couple of years. Um, Talkie played against him loads of times yeah. over the years. Tranmere, Stockport, Berry, uh, good defender. And See again, they've, they've got somebody in there who knows what they're doing at this lower level, division, lower bog division, standard, yeah. no airs and graces. Good thinking. Yeah, yeah, we like it. So that brings us to the end of this week's uh, quite long, actually, quite long Yellow Army we didn't think live Express podcast. Uh, Get us started and um, well, now we now the movement has, has yeah. begun, isn't it? And and I think. It, with all due respect to the Luke Youngs, Rory Keating, Sean McGinty's, and w everybody was quite rightly chuffed when those three re-signed, along Damon Latherot and Sam Cheney were already under contract, but it's new signings yeah. that, that, that get people going, isn't it? And we're now into that territory, um, and I'm, I think over the next week or so, um, uh, hopefully those season ticket sales will yeah. receive the boost that, that they want on the back of, of quite a few new faces coming in. Let's hope so. Thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back very, very soon. And uh, as we always say on these occasions, come on, you yellows. <laughs>